Hello, hello, and welcome. Uh, this is episode seven of Barrel Proof. Uh, I'm Taylor Sorrells here with Timothy Clark. He hey finally you. made it back in. Woo! Uh, we are uh, Sans a different Timothy this time. We're Sans our producer Maple. Yeah. Uh, he's he's he was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Lucky bastard. And I'm not sure if he made it back. So Timothy and I are going to try and roll our, roll by ourselves today, and uh, we'll apologize again to Mayplex for for uh, stepping on his toes here. But I don't think he's going to mind too much. Yeah, make it home safe, buddy. Uh, Timothy's here, broken broken right arm and all. Uh, <laughs> I told him when I first saw him, he's, he looks like he's got elephant fingers. Elephants don't have fingers, but he looks like he has elephant fingers. <laughs> uh, and he didn't seem to be too offended by nah. that. Uh, we'll go through a quick uh, rundown of uh, the podcast today. We're going to talk about locals and the pros, uh, that being U of L and UK uh, players that are playing professionally here in America and abroad. Uh, we're going to preview the uh, 2014 MLS season. Uh, we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about uh, some recent things that have been going on with the Coopers. Uh, and I'll, I guess let's go ahead and start with that first. Yeah. Um, recently, our uh, most recent uh, event has been. Uh, uh, a, uh, well, how best can I describe it? Uh, the uh, people on a- on Angel Share Committee, and for those of you who don't know, Angel Share is our, I guess we could call it our charitable or philanthropic mm-hmm. arm. Uh, which you know, when we when we first formed the Coopers, we felt like being a part of the community uh, often entails giving people a helping hand, uh, which does two things. One, it, it raises a little bit of visibility for us, which is nice. But two, when you're doing um, in, or involved in an effort like we are, uh, where we're, we want to be a, uh, a visible part of the city uh, and, and a part of uh, something where we're asking for people to give to us, that's important that we give back. So this is something that, uh, from the very beginning when we got when we founded, uh, we thought should be a part of part of what we do. Uh, so Angel Share, uh, our event was last Thursday at Ronald McDonald House. Uh, Jan Winter, Spencer Schumacher, and Tommy Zhang, thank you all for coming. Uh, we fed. Uh, I don't really know how many people, but I wanted somewhere between 50 and 70. Made spaghetti, didn't make too much of a mess. My shirt had sauce on it. Uh, it was good. Uh, people were very appreciative, and we were really glad to, to get that done. And thanks again for everybody who participated. Uh, it was a really nice time. Uh, we look forward to doing it again soon. And on that note, uh, we'll get to a couple of events coming up. And so I'll do the second one first, which doesn't make sense. But that's what we're doing. Uh, if you followed us on our Facebook page at all, uh, on March 22nd, uh, UofL obviously plays their season in the fall, but they're playing some preseason matches. Uh, one of which is against our, what our, our would be, they can't be our arch rivals yet, uh, or maybe at all, but our, our neighbors to the North Indy 11, yep. Uh, they will be playing in NASL uh, this year, and this will, are they playing this year? Uh, Twenty fourteen, yeah. They yeah, they're playing this year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they sold all their tickets. This will be their inaugural year in NASL, mm-hmm. uh, and they are uh, they're they're coming to they're not not Lynn Stadium, but Cardinal Park, Cardinal Park uh, to play U of L. Like I said, uh, I think the the match is at seven o'clock March twenty second. That's a Saturday. Yep. Uh, and so bef- beforehand, we're throwing a tailgate uh, with our compatriots at Indian Eleven, uh, at Indian Eleven, and I think we're trying to get in touch with the Luligans, who's U of L's student supporters group, uh, to try and get people revved up for the game. Plus, hopefully by then the weather will be awesome and we'll have a reason to be outside and, and having fun. Uh, like I said, the game's at Cardinal Park down at U of L's campus. I don't have much else in the way of details as far as do we have a designated parking area, parking area or anything like that. Uh, but it's a good opportunity for us as Coopers to kind of show people what we're about, get involved and, and organized uh, to some extent. 
And uh, like I said, show, and, you know, watch a, hopefully a good soccer game. Uh, UofL's always got a good, a strong team, and it'll be fun to see what Indy 11's uh, first first uh, mm-hmm. team is going to look like. Although I don't know if it's going to be their first team, but some guys that are going to be on the field are going to be playing yep. in that league uh, when it kicks off, which is pretty soon. Yes, uh, beginning of April, I want to say. Uh, so this is a, a real good warm up for them. Uh, tickets, I believe, general admission are three bucks. Mm-hmm. If you're a member of the Coopers, we have a I don't know how this code. Works. We have some kind of discount code. Uh, that I think we'll probably be dispersing over uh, uh, our next monthly, which we haven't really done in the last month or two. And our next uh, email to to the membership, uh, if you haven't signed up, please do so. Go to LouisvilleCoopers.com. It's easy. It's free. uh, And then you'll be in the know. Uh, And in any event, the coupon code gives us tickets for $2. So you save a big dollar. It's one-third, 33% of what the cost might be. So, hey, look out. It'll buy a ticket to the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. You can't do that. Um, anything else that I'm missing? No. Uh, we could talk about the TIFO party. Yeah, uh, that's that was the other thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, MLS first kick is Saturday, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're super excited about it. Finally get to watch some top-level pro soccer on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sounders are the first team to play that day. They play at 3 o'clock. And they, who do they play? Um, Sounders and Sporting, Sporting Kansas, Kansas City, City, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Uh so finally, the season's finally here. Uh, there's been a lot of previews. We're going to do our own. Uh, sorry if it's not as good as the other folks, but, hey, at least it's two guys that you might know that are telling you about what's going to happen this season in MLS. Uh, and there, there are going to be other games uh, throughout the evening. Uh, our party is going to be held at Against the Grain down on Main Street at Slugger Field. And I think that they have agreed to buy uh, either MLS Live or MLS Direct Kick. I can't remember which, but yes. in any event, they're going to be able to show all just about all the MLS games are going to be broadcast on any TV anywhere uh, this season. Let's repeat that to the Coopers once again. All MLS games at ATG will and should be available to you if you request. Yeah, uh, and we'll plan on doing things uh, there quite a bit in the in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in conjunction with that. Uh, for, and for our first performance, if you will, at uh, the U of L in the eleven game, we're going to try and put together some tifo, uh, and I think somebody I, I was reading something on SB Nation today is like, how, what's tifo? If you don't know what tifo is, it's uh, pretty soccer banners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're fun. You can put, write whatever you want on them. I think we're going to try and make them Cooper specific so you can reuse them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, come early, I think about two o'clock is when we're planning on starting starting things in the parking lot at, at against the grain. Uh, Paint, canvas, poles, it'll be a good time. And ATG's got some amazing beers, if that's if that's something you're into. I know I, that's something I'm into. Uh, Taylor, so, I want to throw yeah. this out. If there are any Cooper's artists out there, if you have supplies and you want to bring them and be a part of it, we will have some supplies. But if you have some, it would be greatly appreciated as this is our first banner kickoff. And this will be new to a lot of the folks doing some of this as well. Yeah, we're not going to say no if you got some artistic ability to right. paint something. Uh, please come uh, participate. It's it's going to be fun either way, sitting outside mm-hmm. drinking beer and, and making making posters and stuff. Uh, big ones, not not like not the little ones. Con. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting stuff. Um, next item, and this is what I think is probably going to take up most of our show today is is the 2014 MLS preview. Yeah. Uh, Tim and I have been talking, and he's going to do. Uh, we, we kind of there's 19 teams in the league this year, mm-hmm. uh, soon to be 20 to 21, 21 next year anyway. Uh, and to talk, go through them all would take forever. Uh, Total Soccer, uh, blog, Total Soccer Show, which is another podcast, has done 19 separate 
uh, team previews, each of them lasting a minimum of a half an hour because I've listened to most of them, which is silly. Uh, so we're not, you know, it takes forever, and that would you'd, we'd be here all night. Uh, but what we've decided to do is take the top five teams in the East. That's Timothy, and I'm going to take the top five in the West. Uh, what I propose, Timothy, is we just kind of do back and forth. Uh, I'll do one, you do one. All right, go ahead and start. Uh, yeah, I will start. Um, yeah, you will. I will start. Uh, these are in no particular order, but the teams that I'm going to – the playoff, my playoff team predictions. Ten teams make the playoffs, so it's five from each conference. Okay. Uh, the playoff teams that are that I'm picking and that most people would probably pick to to make it out of the West uh, are Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers, LA Galaxy, Royal Salt Lake, and and uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah. Uh, the fifth spot I think is in some debate, but I picked the Quakes because why the hell not? Why not? Um, Wando will be firing hopefully. We, one can only hope for their sake. Um, although we'll we'll get to that. Sure. Um, and like I said, this is in any particular order. And I'm starting with the Sounders because they're my favorite team. Uh, no coaching change. Siggy Schmidt's been there for, for a while now. Uh, Siggy is the kind of coach that kind of likes to adapt a formation to a player. He's not a system coach by any stretch of the means. And there are a lot of people that were kind of complaining about do they need a coaching change in Seattle after all the weapons that they brought in for him last year. Uh, but he's still there. He's still a competent coach. He's been with U.S. So- he's been part of uh, U.S. soccer and the MLS and not the MLS, MLS. For a really long time, he, uh, you know, any anybody who can win uh, MLS Cup in in Columbus deserves some some slack, uh, <laughs> and he did that. And now he's in Seattle, and he's, he's doing a great job. And if you haven't seen him, he's a he looks like a giant white teddy bear uh, with a scarf wrapped around his neck. I, I like him a lot. Um, I I was I was probably yelling at him at, towards the end of the last season, but anyway, uh, last year's record: fifteen wins, twelve. 12 losses and seven draws. They were on a real tear until the end of the season and lost like four or five straight or something like that. It was not a good run of form towards the end of the season. Uh, got through their opening round in the in the MLS Cup and then and then crashed out against uh, hated rivals Portland Timbers. I'm not from the Pacific Northwest. I don't live in Seattle. I don't live in Oregon, so I don't really – I like Portland. I got nothing against them. I guess I'm a sworn enemy, but they're my – Sounders are my adopted team until something uh, happens a little bit more locally around here. Maybe Orlando City. I don't know. That's a, that's another conversation for another season. Um, key additions this offseason include Kenny Cooper, Chad Marshall, Marco Papa, Stefan Frey, Jaleel Anibaba, and Tristan Bowen. Uh, Kenny Cooper came in through some kind of redraft. They have a bazillion drafts in MLS. Uh, from FC Dallas, he was mm-hmm. one of their lead strikers with Blas Perez up top last year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to start in this team, but he's a good addition in the fact that he played overseas and was part of the academy system uh, in England for quite some time. Uh, he's a talented guy. He's not the most mobile uh, forward you ever saw. Uh, he did he did okay at Dallas last year. He wasn't great, but Dallas was a bit of a mess. Yeah, to, basically the second half of the season anyway. So it's a, a really good pickup. Chad Marshall comes over as a center back uh, from uh, the Crew, which is a huge addition for Sounders because their defense was their huge weak spot last year. You were saying that uh, earlier. Uh, Marco Papa, who I want to say is kind of a creative midfielder or a wide wide midfield player, very talented guy. A lot of folks wanted to hang on to him. I think Chicago was in that mix and just weren't, wasn't able to do it, uh, which is I don't think he's going to replace Mauro Rosales by any stretch of the means, but it's just going to be a little bit different. And that whole – who knows what the formation is going to look like with Sounders this year just because of the, all the ins and outs. Yep. Uh, Stefan Frey, who I believe is a keeper. Mm-hmm. Jaleel Anababa, another defensive player, which, again, addresses uh, uh, Sounders' most glaring need, which is defense. And then Tristan Bowen, who's a striker that they picked up when they lost. Instead of allowing uh, Rosales to go into the re-entry draft, they traded him to 
uh, Chivas USA for some cash and for Tristan Bowen. Bowen showed some real promise as a striker, and then it hasn't really hasn't really turned into much else. So he's one of those guys that's got potential, but it's starting to you're starting to wonder when that potential is going to turn into results. Um, but in any event, it's not like they don't have enough forward striking attacking talent no. on Sounders. They're probably up there with some of the most uh, talented attacks in the league with Clint Dempsey, Owefemi Martins, uh, those being the two obvious ones. I doubt they're going to be playing at the top of a 4-4-2 this year, but they might. I'd be surprised, but they might. Uh, my guess would be, frankly, though, if they were going to do that kind of formation, which what they did last year was kind of a diamond 4-4-2 yeah. where you had Eddie Johnson and uh, Oba Martins up yeah. top. They never all three got to play together, So, but that was theoretically what you do. And then you had Demp- Dempsey at the top playing behind those two. Osvaldo uh, Alonso played. Well, Ozzy played in front of the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy Alonso, and then you had Brad Evans, and I can't remember who played on the other side. Moffitt, Adam Moffitt. There you go, Adam Moffitt. Uh, and then the suspect defense. Um, <laughs> Evans is the captain this year. He's he's awesome. I love Brad Evans. Uh, don't care if he's if he kind of doesn't play all doesn't play awesome for men's national team. Even though I think he's a good right back, he'll mm-hmm. be and I, he will be on the plane to Brazil. Uh, Ozzy Alonso, in my opinion, best. Uh, Best defensive midfielder in the league, hands down. Hands down. Uh, I think he's probably going to have a little bit – again, I don't know what the formation is going to look like this year, but I think he's going to have a little bit more responsibility getting forward uh, this year. Uh, and then, let's speaking of which, we've talked about Eddie Johnson and Mar- Rosales. Johnson's with D.C. United now. Good luck, D.C. Yep. Uh, Rosales is with Chivas. Poor Rosales. Poor Rosales. Uh, Gasparning got – he was getting too expensive, frankly. So I can't believe that happened. Games. I was surprised, too. Uh He's a great. He's a really good keeper, uh, and I I, I was uh, uh, sad to hear that he was. They were letting him go. I just think they couldn't afford to keep him. He's mm-hmm. too, too expensive. Uh, also lost Steve Zakawani via Rancher draft. I want to say, and and Portland picked him up. That was a big loss. He's a very talented player. But when you have DeAndre Led, Yedlin on your yeah. team, and you only have so much money to spend, there's a salary cap league. You can't keep all the awesome talent. And Zakawani was a homegrown guy too, yep. so that was hard hard loss. And then John Kennedy Hurtado. I want to say he went to Philly. Hurtado. Uh, I think I have him. I want to say. I think you're right. I have it in front of me somewhere. Well, let's just say that. And if I'm wrong, no, he went to Chicago. Chicago. Well, Chicago could use some help too. So good for Chicago. I think that might have been part of. It was part of the Chad Marshall trade. There you go. And that was an upgrade, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so yeah, you have that. Jimmy Traore is still on the team. I don't know. He's getting older, man. Uh, I like him, and he was awesome in in the in Concacaf Champions League last year, but he hasn't done much since. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with Sounders. As far as where where do I see them going? A lot of people see them don't finish in third in the West. Maybe I mean the the top three in the West are some combination of Portland, LA, and Sounders. In my opinion, if if Seattle can get their sh- shit together, they can win. Yes, Portland's the only team that I think. Well, it, but it, again, it wouldn't surprise me if any one of those three made it in there. And I, I'm getting off topic just because I'm supposed to go through these team by team, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But, uh, so but, that's that's the Sounders. But you've got a good point because that's a lot of attack on all of those teams. Oh yeah. Well, and here's the before we get too far off the rails here, which okay. How do you leave RSL out of out of that? How how are they fourth when they made it the US up US Open Cup final last year? Mm-hmm. So did DC, but whatever. Uh, and then they get they make the MLS Cup final last year. I mean, how are they? What what makes them worse than the other three? I don't know. They didn't lose anything other than their coach, which may be the, the thing that that might be the defining yeah. But they're they're a really solid solid team, and I, again, any any one of those four, frankly, I think could win support win support shield or mm-hmm. could or could 
come out as a top seed out of the West. I, and if that, frankly, MLS is set up where if you're in the playoffs, you're probably okay. But there's always something to reach for, and Supporters Shield is one of those things. And last year was insane that the race for Supporters Shield. And yeah. New York won it. I wouldn't say it. it wasn't on a fluke. They deserved to win it, but as the last day yeah. of the season, basically, and that that's they what locked you that up. Yeah, that, it was a great Supporters Shield race. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of what's up with the Sounders again. No idea if they if they do that diamond four four two look, which devolves into a four three three. Frankly, I think that's probably their best their best look. What it does is though, at least Adi Alonso is talented enough where he makes up for a lot of that empty space in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brad Evans cuts in some. He doesn't all always, but it it's it's not bad. They just God, they could not defend last year. They're really slow picking up uh, a lot of gaps. attacking runs. And that's frankly that lays at the feet of the defense, and yep. they they address that. So I think that they should be better this year. Uh, and if Dempsey can play, which I'm starting to have my doubts about that. Yeah, if you if watch Dempsey, the Ukraine game, if you watch if you watch him play in the last six months, it, it's it bothers me. Um, he look he's he looks a little bit better on the ball, but. Uh, I don't know. I've got my worries about that. He's like my favorite player, and so it bothers me when he doesn't. I'm tired of his petulance. You know, up, you're you're an you're an international player who's played for Fulham, Tottenham. Now you're back in the MLS. You're on a huge stage. Grow up. You're a good player. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just you know, I think people's attitudes are their attitudes. It's mm-hmm. not as bad as Eddie Johnson's. No. Uh, so there's that. No. All right, uh, so anyway, that's Sounders. Tim, who you got? All right, I'm going to go ahead and start with D.C. United because I like what I see in their defense, and I like what they see or what I see in their offense. Um, they've got a L guy, Nick DeLeon, playing midfield. Uh, Bill Hamid, or Hamid is playing goalkeeper still, and Perry Kitchen in the midfield is something good to start with as a core. But they brought a lot of guys in, again, a lot of defenders and forwards this year. I'm going to go through a few names like Sean Franklin and Bobby Boswell. Both large gentlemen, uh, a good defense to start with. Um, they brought in a couple of defenders and Jalen Robinson, a homegrown player. A couple guys off reentry, Nana Akatora, Atakora, I believe. Not familiar with that guy. No, uh, Jeff Park is making an appearance at DC United and a Steve Burnbaum out of the Super Draft that we mm-hmm. covered a couple months ago. Uh, D.C. United, however, did let go more players than they did bring in. But, again, it's an overhaul that was much needed. Uh, Eddie Johnson is up forward, as is Connor Doyle out of Derby County. I've not seen him play, but I've heard good things. Uh, and a Fabian Espindola on a reentry draft. I don't know where he came from. Yeah, New York. New York. There Pretty you go. Sure. Um, and a Cristiano Francois off the waivers draft. Um, some of these names, again, I'm not familiar with. I haven't seen them play. Uh, but when you lose, lose the likes of a D. Wayne uh, De Rosario or a Carlos Ruiz, you really have to fill in the attack. Um, they've brought some guys in like Joe Willis, Colin Martin, and that Cristiano Francois, but they've loaned them to Richmond as part of the USL move. Uh, for me, I see D.C. United maybe not making the playoffs, but they're going to be better off, I think, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I want to see Eddie Johnson do well in this formation. I like Eddie. Uh I think he can be petulant too. I think you bring up a good point. Him and Clint, that's quite a that's quite a competition. But what I believe Eddie lacks on his on the ball movement, he makes up for an aerial attack. He's awesome, awesome in the air. Yeah, yeah. It, what you Sounders tried to play Eddie wide last year yep. when he was on the field. You can't do that. He's just he gets he gets indecisive. He frankly he's not he's not the kind of guy that's got great hold up play. If you ask me, mm-hmm. like I said, he's awesome in the air. He's a good. I wouldn't say he's a target striker necessarily, no. but. You know, there's not a whole lot of guys in MLS who are, if, if to be honest about it. Uh, 
unfortunately, Stephen Lenhart being one who is. Uh, I wouldn't say unfortunately. That's not really fair. I'm sure he's not the a-hole that, that he gets the reputation to be. But anyway. <laughs> he's not denied it. <laughs> yeah, he's not denying it either. No, he's not said that he's anything but, but, but who he is. Uh, DC did a lot of addition by subtraction, if you ask me. They, they Dero, did. They paid way too much money for him. He got to play way too much and didn't provide anything. Yeah. Uh, James Riley, I think, was a bad... Was it was a bad loss? I think he's a very good player, but you know they had to do what they, they had to do. And you know that might be a money issue, uh, or it might even be an unhappiness issue. Maybe Riley didn't feel like he was getting the right time, and or maybe it's a player that wants a better team to play for. Not saying I mean DC has been around since the beginning. I want good things for them, but well, Riley's going to start in LA. I'll yeah, you that right I think now. so. Uh, After you, yeah. Let's uh, move on to the next one. Portland Timbers, the other uh, Pacific, well, not the other because there's Vancouver too, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, Portland, the other uh, big uh, Pacific Northwest team, uh, their head coach is Caleb Porter. This will be his second full year. He won Coach of the Year last year, deservedly so, I think. Mm-hmm. There, were a lot of, there were a lot of good candidates last year, but he, you can't say he didn't deserve it. He Undenied. was awesome. Um, uh, Porter's reputation uh, as a college coach out of Akron was death by a thousand passes, and he's reformed what was a pretty bad uh, Timbers team into a one of the best, one of yep. the best teams. I think they ended up winning the West last year. Yep. Uh, best teams in MLS, and they're I, they're again. If I had to put money on it today, I'd bet them to win the Sports Shield this year. That attack is pretty looking. They're they're awesome to watch. Uh, their record last year was fourteen wins. I guess I got that wrong with with Sounders. It's fifteen wins, twelve draws, seven losses. So uh, Timbers would be fourteen wins, five losses, and fifteen draws. Uh, that's a lot of draws. That's they went through a long streak unbeaten, like a really long streak. Uh, couldn't couldn't win, uh, but could but we're we're drawing like crazy. So they managed to stay in the points race. Uh, key additions: Gaston Fernandez, Noberto Paparato, Jorge Villafana, and Steve Zakawani, Like I said, from Sounders, uh, none of those names really pop out at me as being that, all that influential. But they were good enough last year; they didn't need a whole lot of help. Guys, they lost: David Horst, Andrew Jean Baptiste, Ryan Johnson, which I think that one is kind of impactful. Yes. Uh, Michael Silvestra and Jose uh, Adolfo Valencia out on loan. Um, Go again, to the Ryan Johnson because I want to hear what I want to hear your well, take on this. I, I liked watching him play. I thought he was a good player. My problem is there's not. I don't think there's any room in the lineup for him. When you got Darlington Nagby and Will Johnson, those guys both and Nag fill the, the role that he plays better than he does. And he was a new player with them last mm-hmm. year. I don't think he or maybe I can't remember if he that was his only season and he came over from somewhere else. But Ryan Johnson's a good player. It, it, I, it, I you know again salary cap you got to do with. What you came with the money that you got. Yep. Oh, and also, how can I forget? Uh, Viet- Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Uh, Valeri. Yeah, Valeri. Again, you, you, they've got enough. Yeah, they've they, got enough. Yeah. At that point, he becomes superfluous. Uh, God, they are they are a super fun team to watch play. Uh, they're not that great defensively. That's that was the other just like Seattle. Uh, they let him. You know, they're very susceptible in on set pieces. Uh, but they're good in the, good on in attack on set. They're okay in attack on they're set. They're okay. Pieces, that counter strike is fast. That's exactly what deadly. It is. That again, they possess the ball. ball. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's you're not watching Barcelona out there, but it's the closest thing you're going to see in MLS. I would that. agree with that absolutely. Uh, it's it's fun to watch. I love watching them play, uh, which is why it made it hard for me to pick Sounders as the team I was going to follow. Just but I, that's who I picked, and I'm I'm sticking with it. Sticking with it. But I do. I, I watch almost every Portland game. It's just it is really fun to watch. Uh, you know, but their core is all still there. Like I said, Will Johnson, uh, Valeri, who's should have been uh, player of the year last year. I thought he was mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, and then Nagby's awesome. Uh, I can't if he doesn't get a national team call up. I, is he is he Jamaican or is he? I can't remember. I want to say he's Jamaican because if he's Jamaican, then he, he's starting on that team. Uh, 
he's awesome. Uh, their midfield is is solid. It's not great. It's good enough. And then their but their defense. I don't know how much these guys they sign. I don't know much about them. Address any of that. Zach Wani, I want to say, is kind of a winger, winger, yeah. wing back type player. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, I guess he could probably play some one on one. But he's designed to play DeAndre Yedlin, frankly. I would think so. But there's a lot more different that's kinds point, of fullbacks that that don't do that. Um, let's see. That's that's about all I got on the Timbers. To be honest with you, I, like I said, I expect them to be. I expect them to win the Supporters Shield. I think they're the best team in, in the league. Is Donovan uh, Ricketts still? The yes, he's still their keeper. Good. Uh, Good. Gosh, he was an MVP. Yeah. He, that dude's a spider. I don't know he how is. he does it. He's 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 another fun thing to watch. He just does stuff that he shouldn't be doing. He's, he's kind of old too. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, he, his... bailed, he bailed their back line out like crazy last year. I want to say early to mid thirties. I would yeah. think. That's 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 okay for for I mean, yeah. Shoot, Brad Friedel's still playing forties somewhere. Yeah, in in the Premier League. So I mean, <laughs> it, it's not uh, it's not American goal, goal, goalkeepers age well. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's a, a short okay schnitz on the on the Timbers. I'm gonna go ahead and say the Philadelphia Union are my second team that I really want to see do well this year because a they got Sebastian Latou back, yeah, which they did I believe last year, but they'd have some forwards to go forward now. Um, the major names that I see came in or see coming in are Andre Blake, which you said this a couple of sessions ago. That gives Zach McMath a real challenge. And if I'm, I can't think of who their head coach is. Um, Hack, Hack, Hackworth. Hackworth. John thank Hackworth. you. If I'm John Hackworth, I've got a lot of trouble going into the preseason between these two guys. It's a good problem to have. Though. It is, especially with the way some teams don't have that goalkeeper that they can stick with. He's got two franchise goalkeepers. Um, a name like Ethan White, he was traded from Philadelphia and then back to Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia in a trade, but I don't know who for. Uh, Marisa Du is coming from Stoke City on That's loan. That's their biggest signing. That's their biggest is signing. Is he on loan or is he? He's on loan. Huh. Yeah. Uh, they also brought in a Vincent Noguera from Sochal. I believe it's a France. I don't know yeah, if I'm Sochal. Sochal. And then Austin Berry from yeah. Chicago, defender out of UofL. Um, I, what I like about Philadelphia is they have a lot of midfielders to play with, and it's a lot of youth. Um, Idu and Brian Carroll are my thoughts to start in the midfield, more of a defensive midfield because you've got some wingers. Uh, but Alio Fernandez, a 22-year-old Brazilian, was signed. Uh, Amobi Okogu is an American. He's a very good defender. Very good defender. They 20- got him from... Uh, I don't know where he came from. Dallas? No, no. He's, he's been on their team. I'm okay. Sorry. I, I was thinking uh, uh, Columbus has got a lot of guys that... Sound, that sound, sound like that. Name. Yeah. <laughs> and Ababa being the one that's probably coming to mind right now. Well, he's a 22-year-old. I look to see good things from him. And then Zach Pfeffer, a 19-year-old. I couldn't figure out where he's from. I want to say he's homegrown. These are all midfielders that you can slot in. Uh, again, they're they're bigger midfielders, so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of wing attack probably from the Union this year. Uh, but I see up front Jack McInerney and Sebastian Latou. Uh, Latou probably plays more of the nine spot. McInerney is going to play maybe the striker this year. Uh, I think you can switch them. See, I feel like Latou's out on the wing more often. Than you think, and maybe kind of drawing I mean, in. It seemed to me when I watched them last year, he was he could play either side. Yep. Uh, which is something you don't find a lot in MLS, and he just was a good crosser of the ball. And Connor Casey ended up on with a head. That's the, the other name I was going to say, Connor Casey. Now he's getting a little older, but again, he's a good target man for them. If you want to play a three forward lineup, you put Jack Mack. Or maybe even the two behind McInerney and Casey, and just let them play an attacking midfield role. Maybe. So when you think about the spine of that team, now I can't, I couldn't name the two center backs if I, if you paid me to. But no. if you've got Marisa Du, Latou, Connor Casey, 
running up through the middle of the team. Yeah. That's a battering ram. Yes. Of a four of a and they they play pretty direct. I feel like it's a lot of long balls, mm-hmm. but those dudes are big guys and they're hard to move out of the way. And Latou, again, big dude, Crafty. French guy, but he's he's all he loves to to I won't say dive because that's not fair. <laughs> uh, but he's uh, theatrical, dramatic, dramatic, he's a okay. dramatic, very good player though. So you know, can't say anything wrong. And I, he's, he's a fan favorite too, best I can tell. Uh, I think he is. I think they're glad they brought him back. When he went to Montreal, I thought that was a good move on Montreal's part to bring him in. I don't think he wanted to leave Philadelphia as he struck gold in Philadelphia that first year. Uh, he didn't do so hot last year when he came back. But, again, this is the start of a new season, so things are things are looking good. Uh, that's what I've got in Philadelphia. I think that because the East, so many tr- different things have happened in the East this year. Mm-hmm. New York kind of accepted, to be honest. Uh, with DC trying to upgrade a whole bunch, and uh, and and Philly, Philly did move made roster moves galore. They're a team that's that's trying to get mm-hmm. a to the playoffs because they missed the playoffs last year, and b maybe even make runs at Supporter Shield or at least in Eastern Conference Championship. I, and I, you know, uh, with the other teams in that division uh, kind of holding pat, mm-hmm. you got to think that those are two teams that are gonna, that are going to go up. I think so. Uh, my next one is Real Salt Lake. Again, uh, U.S. Open Cup finalists lost to D.C. United inexplicably. Didn't see that game. Uh, and then uh, uh, losers in the MLS Cup final against Sporting KC. Uh, but another entertaining team to watch play. Uh, mm-hmm. They're another team that, again, possesses the ball, and they've got the an ideal central midfielder, uh, central defensive midfielder, and Kyle, Beck- Kyle Beckerman to help him do that. He's not the most mobile guy, but the man can pass. He can uh, he's not necessarily a destroyer, but he gets he gets in there and breaks up attacks. Uh, their head coach, uh, J- Jason Christ, who's people are pro- are talking about him as being a U.S. men's national team coach someday, uh, was a big part of their success, and he uh, left to go uh, be head coach <laughs> at NYCFC <laughs> in 2015. Yep, uh, huge loss you have to believe uh, for Real Salt Lake. Uh, does that does that change the entire culture of RSL? It's hard to say because uh, what they did was they they didn't fumble around for a real long time mm-hmm. to name a new head coach, mm-hmm. uh, and they hired from within Jeff Kassar, who was a, a assistant coach to Christ, and my guess is is pretty well indoctrinated in the philosophy and the way things are going. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know much about Christ's personality or or how much control he exerted over the locker room or anything like that. But you had, I mean, you have to say it's a loss. I mean, you do yeah. the the team itself is pretty much still the same. Cyberio is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is it Riley Cooper? No, gosh, no, that's not who it is. Mm. Uh, he plays in the NFL. And that defense you know, looked pretty good last year. Yeah, the defense uh, is good. Before, uh, they didn't lose a whole lot. They didn't add a whole lot. Uh, they did lose Jordani Alvarez. There you go, to Orlando City. Yes. Uh, but the other guys they lost were Lavelle Palmer and Kari Stevenson. Daniel oh, Palmer, yeah. People but, who I'm not yeah. that familiar with, to be honest with you. Uh, and added Luke Mohan and Jordan Allen. I think they probably pulled those guys to – I don't know who either one of those two Me are. Me neither. Uh, their record last year was 16 wins, 10 draws. At, uh, that's not right. 16 wins, 10 losses, 8 draws, which, frankly, it you know it's not awesome, but it's, it's one more win than everybody else in the West had. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, and again, they they're just they're, they don't they're not flashy. They just no. they just get the job done and uh, are good in the air. Uh, you know, a real solid team. There's not much bad you can say about them. And the only reason that they're not being considered for uh, tops in, uh, in in the conference is just because you know Sanders added some key pieces that they were missing, including some guys that are going to help them go forward as if they needed that. And Timbers, 
uh, just seemed to be on a real tear towards the end of the season last year and just couldn't get it done in the conference finals against against Salt Lake. Uh, so not much else to really say about them other than, the, you know, they're a team that you shouldn't fall asleep on. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, again, they're going to be there. It's, with the West, it's so hard. I mean, Chivas, FC Dallas, I don't see them making any ground. Uh, the Rapids, I'm not sure. It's almost as if... Like you said, that that sixth or fifth team, it's just going to come down to the last couple weeks. It's who wants it. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Red Bulls at number three for me. Uh, they didn't do a lot of off-season trading. For me, it's age. They're aging pretty fast. Tim Cahill comes in at 34. Thierry Henry is 36. Bradley Wright Phillips is 29. Uh, but Bradley Wright Phillips hasn't had the most illustrious career, uh, career compared to his brother. Um Dex McCarty is getting up there. I believe he's 28 or 29. Uh, their defenders, Jameson Olave and Ibrahim, I believe I'm pronouncing this right, Sakaya, are both 32 and 33, respectfully. Uh, and they didn't really bring in too much youth. They brought in Bobby Convey. Uh, Convey. Uh, I mean, that's an old national teamer. They let go Kevin Hartman and Brandon Barklage, which I thought losing Barklage was bad for them because yeah. at least that was a little... That that was a younger and Heath player. Pierce is a decent player too. See, I'm not familiar with the Heath Pierce. Or I want to say he was Moreno. I may be wrong about him, but I just don't understand what they're doing. They won the Supporters Shield. I think this is a really good boost for them going forward. Um, but they've really got to they've got to turn the heat on this year if they don't follow up the Supporters Shield. The fans are going to be mad if they don't come out with something. Well, the other thing that's really looking over their shoulder is NYCFC. They've got one year to really prove themselves, don't they? NYFC is going to come well, here's in. The, here's the thing, though. They've actually, had, they've actually had almost 20 years to prove themselves. Uh, they had to go through a rebrand. Yep. They play in Harrison, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They can't see it. I was listening to a guy that follows them. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the guy, the blog right now, but he's a New York you know, big-time New York fan. He's like, it's a big concern for the team and for the fans because NYCFC is going to be playing in New York. York yeah. Uh, Ostens- at least they're supposed to be. Uh, they've got all this money behind them. You've got Manchester City. You've got the Yankees. That's a lot. brings a lot of cachet, and New York loves a winner and, mm-hmm. and loves all that stuff. Uh, and the Red Bulls haven't been that. Last year's their most successful season to date, and they didn't, they've never been to an MLS Cup final. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of history on their side, so it's now or never put up or shut up for them. They've got... So they've got some good. I mean, Tierra Henry's a great player. Great player. Uh, and he didn't show any signs of slowing down last year. No. And he, I presumably took most of the off season off. Mm-hmm. Went to, you know, Nantes or where? Not Nantes. That's North France. He went to we'll, we'll say Provence or Nice or the for Riviera <laughs> uh, is where I'm guessing that he spent a lot of his time. Because uh, he doesn't. You know, I don't think he plays on the national team for France anymore. No. He's too old. Uh, but he, great player. Tons of talent. Uh, he's a good spokesperson for the league, frankly. And Cahill's the same way. Cahill's, that was, I think last year was maybe Cahill's first or second year in the league. But he I think it was, yeah. But the, their, yeah, their expiration date is coming nigh, and they're going to do some things to address that. I don't know what they do aside from dropping a bunch of money yeah. on a, on a you know on somebody in the summer uh, or waiting until next January's transfer window. But this year is going to be an interesting season for them, and they're a good team to watch. Well, to your point, maybe that's what this year's about, is just getting as much as they can out of the players while they still have them. Because once NYCFC comes around, there's going to be a lot of headlines for them. And yeah. yeah. Well, and the yeah. good news is, though, I mean, their head coach did an amazing job in last year. Mike Petke, former player, mm-hmm. basically hung up his jersey and put on the coach's uniform, uh, and did amazing things for them last year. So you know, they, he's got he's got a good good command of that locker room, and so those are, those are fun things to, to keep an eye on. Like I said, they're 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 not a bad team. They've got a pretty no. good defense, to be honest with you. They do. 
uh, and obviously lots of attacking options. It's just they never could get it all together, and last year's the first time they managed to do it, and then flamed out in the playoffs. So that's <laughs> it is. Yeah. And SKC, you know, they. I think that's who they ended up losing to. I and think that's so. you know you can't be too upset about that. Yeah, you lost the champion. Uh, what do you got? I've got uh, the because I really I have no idea who the fifth team out of the West is going to be. I I went through who SBA SB Nation picked, and that's San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, head coach is Mark Watson. I don't know anything about him. I think Frank Yallop was their head coach last year. They lost him, mm-hmm. uh, and he is now in. Uh, they tried to get him up in Vancouver, didn't end up there. I guess he's in Toronto now. I believe so. Uh, but their head coach now is Mark Watson. I know zilch about Mark Watson. He's got a very middle-aged white man name. <laughs> uh, their 2013 record was 14, 11, and 9, so 14 wins. Uh, <laughs> 14 wins, 11 uh, losses, 9 draws. Uh, not a great season last year. They, mm-hmm. they had some entertaining games against L.A. Uh, the only team that... That's, that's not fair to say. I, I almost said the only team they really get up to play. Uh, but they've been in a, they've been in a situation in flux for a while. They play at St- on Stanford's campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're working on a stadium deal their own, which I think once they finally get that in there, then they're going to start dumping money on the yep. team and doing things. But they're not bad. Uh, like we mentioned, they've got Chris Wondolowski up front. They've got uh, Stephen Lenhart up front. Alan Gordon, I think, I don't know. I know that he has somehow or another ended up on some camps for men's national team. I don't mm-hmm. know what position he plays. But he's an interesting-looking dude. Uh, additions this year. They picked up Brandon Barklage. Yes. Uh, we just mentioned him. Sean Francis, another good pickup. Andreas Gorlitz, Atiba Harris, who's a name that I recognize. I don't know. Harris, I don't know yeah. And then Jean-Baptiste Pierazzi. Uh, they lost Justin Morrow. Stephen Batisher, I think they lost him to uh, Vancouver. They did. And that's important. is a good player. Uh, Ramiro Corrales, Marvin Chavez, and Rafael Baca. And, but last year they picked up Clarence Goodson. Yes. Uh, which is a really nice pickup for center back. That dude's a capable player. He can play anywhere. I mean, so. you're subbing essentially using Bidasher. You're losing Bidasher, but you've picked up Clarence Goodson. You've picked up a national team player. I, that's good for them. Yeah. I, it's, I won't say it's not addition by subtraction because Bidasher, I think Bidasher's more of a back, right back. Or he played, he played, he can play center, but yeah. But anyway, he's more mobile. Uh, you know, the Quakes are the Quakes. I, I, re- I don't have much. They're not fun to watch, per, particularly, but yeah. the you know they've always got tons of support. Uh, they're a solid team. They're not going to wow you per se, but although I will say, Wando scores some fun goals to see. That might be the only thing that happens the entire match, but when he scores, uh, it's pretty entertaining. They they do some crazy like they're they're like almost like Man United under Ferguson. They they pull out some wins in, in injury time often, uh, while the rest of the game it gets all bogged down in a whole bunch of physical play, and that's. One of the things that sometimes makes MLS hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a whole lot of people knocking each other, a lot of set pieces and things like that. But it's got, I think it's approved meets, by meets and balance, too. So that's good. That's that's all I got on the Quakes. Quakes. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw Toronto FC out there because they have done, by far in my eyes, some of the biggest moves in the summertime. Oh, yeah. uh, they brought in Gilberto from SC Internacional, uh, the likes of D. Wayne D. Can't pronounce that. Dwayne De Rosario, uh, Jermaine Defoe from Tottenham, and Michael Bradley finally came home. Marrying the lead. That's play. right. Uh, Bradley Orr came in from Blackburn Rovers, and Julio Cesar from Queens Park Rangers. Of all the trades, Toronto brought a lot of international experience in, and I can understand why they had a horrible year last year that they thought the rebrand was going to really work for them last year. Uh, they brought good players in, or what they thought were good players, like Danny Coverman, Robert Earnshaw. Uh, Bobby Convy, but again, they didn't work out. I think Toronto's still trying to find themselves. They have all these players. They've now got a midfield and attack. Uh, the defense, again, is questionable. Um, I think Julio Cesar steps in at goalkeeper right away. Um, 
For, oh, yeah. For me, I want to see more possession out of them, and I want to see more ground game. Uh, I think Toronto FC, again, with Michael Bradley and Jermaine Defoe, really de- – I don't even know how that lineup looks like. I imagine maybe it's a another diamond. Um, you can put Michael Bradley up front in his center position role. Uh, I don't know where to put Rosario. Do you put him in the middle? Do you put him on the side? He can play mid or forward. Uh, Toronto's got a lot of options this year they didn't have last year. Here's here's what I, I can't I couldn't name one player on their roster I last couldn't. year. I can't. Uh, but the, and so they almost did a complete revamp. That's not entirely true. I don't know who their defenders are, but I know that Bradley is going to start. Yes, Dero may have some competition, uh, but Defoe is going to start. They don't you don't pay all that money to those guys. No, not put you have to. What I would think is, I don't know if they, I don't think they run a diamond because I think that's a waste of Bradley's talent. Okay. Uh, if you're making him the engine that goes, you probably you can run a four three three probably, which I don't know if they're going to do. It's that's not a formation that's worked out particularly well in MLS thus far. But he's got to be up high, higher up the pitch than sitting in front of the center backs and being a distributor. He's good at that, but I think he offers a lot going forward too. Uh, so maybe like a four three one two, or like a. Kind of four, like what he does for the national team, like a four-two-three-one with a double one. pivot or something okay. like that. I think that would be effective. Okay. Again, I he's I think he he's more valuable when he's got more ground to cover. At Roma, he was a box-to-box player. Yes. He doesn't really do that for the men's national team. No, but he can. He's malleable. He's he can do yes. anything. And, but if you want him to be the guy, you almost have to make him either. He's either a six or a ten. He's either up front being a playmaker, or he's playing. He's not necessarily a destroyer, but a distributing central midfielder. Yeah. But I don't think you I don't think you limit him in that box. Defoe, as a good guy at running on the balls, he's a he's an okay dribbler. It, they don't hopefully they don't really require him to do that. But he's he's good at, yeah. at running towards towards the post. Uh, he's not a big guy, but he's got an eye for goal. He was yeah. uh, he was awesome for Tottenham for a lot of years. He hasn't been that good the last couple for whatever reason. But Tottenham's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, um, just ask Clint Dempsey. Yeah, I have to ask anybody on that team. <laughs> um, but he's you know he's a, he's a talented talented guy he's gonna bang in some goals yep. uh, and then the keeper uh, you know I thought personally that was a bigger signing than any of the other two mm-hmm. from an international perspective absolutely because if you've got Brazil's starting keeper I mean that's who he is he, he and Brazil Brazil's not all that great in defense Mm-mm. but they don't have to be they don't have to but be anyway, you got a starting player for Brazil's national team who are who are slated to win the World Cup yes playing in in MLS that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Toronto's a big international city, so all these guys from all over the world are, are great for them. Uh, they needed to, they needed a boost. They, the fans deserve better than they've gotten out of them. Brian Nelson, second-year head coach, he hung up his, his uniform for Blackburn Rovers to come over and coach yep. him last year, which is crazy. But he did, he, you know, he did the best he could with what he had, and hopefully he's got a bit better idea of what he wants to do with this. Bunch. I mean, you, th- you talk about ammunition. He has that now. He oh, has yeah. a cavalry. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got on TFC. <clears throat> well. Uh, the only remaining team that we want to talk about, which is not, which I'm certain is not going to make the playoffs, is Chivas USA. Uh, Where do we begin? The last year of Chivas USA, uh, they uh, announced about a week ago, MLS bought the team back from Jorge Vergara, and I can't remember the other person's name, Angela something. Was it his wife? I don't think so. Any, in any event, he bought it back from from Chivas to Guadalajara. Uh, which was the right move, uh, and ho- they're going to uh, the team's going to going to undergo a rebrand uh, at some point. So this is the last year of Chivas. They probably aren't going to be very good. They've got some decent talent down there, but the their best player Kubo Torres is on loan from the parent club, and if he does like he did last year, which was very he was the bright spot on that team, uh, then they'll be calling him back down to Guadalajara, and you won't see him again. Um, 
you know, it was a failed experiment, basically. They they acted as a developmental team for Chivas to Guadalajara, yeah. and I think MLS is better than that. Yep. Uh, and it showed in their results. They never made they made the playoffs like once or twice under Bob, Bob Bradley, uh, and that was when Bob had control over what went on down there. And they kind of the attitude of the owners and the attitude of the parent club was like, we need to develop Mexican talent here. We don't care about winning. Mm-hmm. All we want to do is make our guys better and send them back. And that's not what MLS is about, nor should you know. it be. So this is good. It's a good thing for them. Uh, glad to see it. I don't see any downside, frankly. And hopefully they get a good ownership group in there because a, a, a strong second team in LA is, is a good thing for the league. Well, that brings up a good question. Do you see them staying in LA? They've said yeah. that they have no, I no. No, they're MLS wants a second team in LA. They're going to keep a, a second yeah, team. Yeah, that's a hell of a rivalry. What they're going to have to do though is find another stadium for the plan because I don't think they need Stub. to be second second fiddle at SubHub Center. It's not even in LA. Uh, people are talking about Stan Cranky or Arsenal or somebody like that buying a bunch of real estate and something to do with the Rams. I don't really know what all that's about, but I, that's not going to happen. They're not going to. They're not going to do. They're not going to do the exact same thing with Arsenal that they did with Cheat. What they did with Chivas Chivas no. that, That's not going to happen. Uh, so that's anyway. That it's 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 going to be a good thing. It's going to be interesting to watch how it plays out. But they're you know you could probably chalk that, but chalk them up to a win or a draw if they're on your schedule this year. In, in my, it's not fair to say. It's not fair to say, but they only won three games last year, yep. something like that, or four. No, DC won three. Anyway, uh, so that's that's kind of our our MLS preview. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got one other uh, bullet point to talk about, and that's uh, locals in the pros. Yep. Uh, I'll go first because my list is very short. Okay. Uh, as as most, if you don't know, I'm a big Kentucky fan. I'm a Kentucky grad. I follow Kentucky soccer some, uh, and historically not a great program. But to be to be honest, they've had some some bright spots here and there. Uh, they play in a very difficult league, Conference USA, and they've got one guy who plays in MLS right now. It's Andy Grunebaum, who is uh, starting. Well, he was starting keeper for Columbus Crew for quite some time. He was drafted by the Crew and, and played for them for for a lot of years. And then when Jimmy Nielsen retired at Sporting KC, they were short a goalkeeper, so they traded, I don't know who, I can't remember, for Andy Grunebaum. Uh, and so he'll be starting for the, the reigning MLS Cup champion. Uh, can't ask for a better situation for him. He's a, he's a very good keeper. He's a good stopper. Runs a defense well. Uh, other guy, there's, There are other guys in their Kentucky grads that are playing professionally, but it's frankly mostly at the PBL level. Uh, the only other guy that comes to mind is, I think his name's Cameron Weaver, who was drafted by FC Dallas in 2012, uh, but I don't think he ever made the uh, 23-man ro- I guess they have a bigger 30-man ro- roster for them, and uh, I think he's playing in PDL now, too. So that covers it for uh, Kentucky, guys. Uh, UofL, fortunately for them, has a much longer list. Timothy? They do. Uh, I'm trying to find that Andy Grenobalm trade. It says from Kansas City, uh, but it doesn't say who the crew got in return it might have just been a draft pick because they did have a few drafts uh some super draft picks in ben sweat and kingsley baden oh no so who knows <laughs> uh so uofl does have some names what i found is a lot of the names came up really in the last five years uh uofl has put out some soccer players in the past but it seems like lola coach lola has really turned that that whole program around, and he's putting out quality players. Uh, in fact, Andrew Farrell was drafted number one, of course, last year, uh, who is now playing for uh, D.C. United. Uh, no, he's, or no, uh, New Revolution. England. Sorry, yeah, New England Revolution. Uh, I want to start with Nick DeLeon, who is playing for D.C. United. Uh, he's a midfielder forward. Um, fans probably remember him from being a goal scorer, but also a bit of an aggressive uh, forward midfielder. 
Uh, Colin Rolfe is playing for the Dynamo. He was the Big East Player of the Year freshman year for UofL. A guy by the name of Kenny Walker is playing for LA Galaxy. Kenny Walker. He is a midfielder, and he's a big ball passer, uh, assist man. I think he had 13 assists in college, which I imagine is pretty big considering he may not have played the whole Eleven time. Seasons, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Austin Berry, who I uh, declared earlier, is playing for the Union. Uh, he's a very stout defender. He was a starter for for Chicago Fire when there was their rookie of the year. Yeah, the first year. Well, there so you go. Player. Uh, big aerial threat as well. Um, Simon Bird, who was playing for the Louisville Lightning last, he scored 28 goals in all his career at U of L. I just wanted to mention his name. Um, Freddie Braun and Adrian Can. Uh, one plays for the Timbers. Mr. Braun and Mr. Can plays for TFC this year, although I didn't see him on the roster, so I don't know if he's there or if he has been loaned out. Uh, he was the first Cardinal voted Conference USA Player of the Year, uh, also known for his defensive tackling. Um, Marlon Hairston, if you remember, was drafted by the Colorado Rapids this year. He was a midfield forward player. And then Jimmy Oxford. You're a big fan of Jimmy Oxford. Big fan of Jimmy Oxford. Uh, he was drafted game, by Jimmy Oxford. Rap game, OG. Uh, he was voted, or he was taken by the Seattle Sounders, and now has been loaned to the New York Cosmos of the NASL, which I imagine he's going to get some. It's a good loan there. And they, they he is. wasn't going to be able to play in their lineup just no. yet. He's not quite talented. Although I'll read some of the some of their practice reports, and people have really good things to say about him. Is um, he is he an offensive or defensive he's midfielder? Defender. Oh, he's a defender. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty sure, yeah, he plays in the back, back okay. half. And then I want to say that Harrison got signed by Colorado. Okay. Uh, can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he ended up being on the 30-man roster. I, I, I'm not 100% certain about that, but I, nice. I want to say that he did. Which so is a good pickup for Colorado. They yeah. could use him. Uh, that's all I got, though. That's all we got. And that's pretty much our show. I asked for listener questions, and but we weren't we weren't real popular this week. That's okay. Yeah. Uh Anyway, uh, keep in touch with us, folks. Follow us on, on Twitter at uh, Lou Coopers. Uh, email us if you have any questions or comments at uh, thecooperslouisville at gmail.com. Uh, join us if you haven't already at louisvillecoopers.com and uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, we love all the attention we're getting. Hopefully in the next little bit soon we're going to have some good news for you on uh, the Louisville soccer, uh, professional soccer front. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We'll be all over it as soon as we hear something. Uh, but that's about all i got for you. See you. All right.